Hotel history is created for adult audiences. Content may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. You're listening to Hotel History. We take you with us through the sordid history and scandals of some of the world's most famous and infamous hotels. I'm Dieta. And I'm Yael. Let's get started. Today we are talking about what some claim to be America's most haunted hotel. Probably top five, at least. It's, yeah. It's definitely the creepiest, <laughs> I would say. Well, In the best way. It, it, it's the most popular haunted hotel, actually. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. In the media, at least. For sure. And uh, if you haven't guessed, we're talking about the Stanley Hotel. In Estes Park, Colorado. It's the inspiration for the book and movie The Shining by Stephen King. Apparently, Stephen King stayed there and was inspired to write The Shining when he stayed there. Or he wrote it there. He was inspired to write it there. Yeah. Inspired. Yeah. He actually stayed there. Uh, at the end of its season, because before the hotel had heat, they would shut it down for the winter because it was just too cold for anybody to stay in the hotel. So he stayed there like the last night of the season and there were like no other guests and very you know minimal staff. He had been looking for a setting for a place that was, you know, cut off and lonely to trap a family in. And so all of a sudden, this place he had been looking for, he was staying in. Wow, when inspiration literally hits. Yeah. And he also, he had a dream while he stayed there that night that um, a fire hose that's attached to the wall was like chasing his son. So there's like all 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 of the creepy stuff it was that meant already to be. existed there. Yeah, just inspired him. It, it was more than one whole, thing. The hotel was like, write about me, right? <laughs> the, the hotel's haunted. Um, but just to let everyone know that the movie The Shining was not filmed at the Stanley. It was filmed um at the outside was filmed. Uh, what is that hotel the called? Timberline, Timberline in, in Oregon. In Oregon. And the the interiors were filmed at Elstree Studios in England. Oh. Was it cheaper to do it there? Maybe. Maybe at the time. Maybe at the time. Interesting. And the film's opening sequence where you see, if anyone has seen it, you'll know what we're talking about. Also, warning, uh, spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't read the book, the book, you should not listen to this episode because we're going to go into detail and we are going to ruin the ending. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not holding back on anything. Yeah. So <laughs> you so have the, you've been warned. Go watch the movie, read the book, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Look it up on Wikipedia. The opening sequence where the, he's driving and the whole time we're like, is this the movie? Is this real? <laughs> it, it was but, so uh, long. They've gotten so much better at the opening sequences where they need the opening credits to be going across movies have gotten so much better at that yeah i feel like they did on purpose though this was like particularly really maybe so not, maybe yeah. it was like they were trying to already start with the psychological yeah, terror the, the, of it. The it it was it just made me psychologically bored yeah. 
Um, it, that was filmed in Glacier National Park in Montana. So they were all over the place. That, that apparently with additional footage later used in Blade Runner. Oh, so just whatever they didn't need for that movie. They just threw yeah. into Blade Runner. Cool. I guess they needed to, you know, cut yeah. off somewhere. I love but that. Waste not, what not. The movie's hotel that is the Stanley is actually in the movie called the Overlook Hotel. And what's interesting, the inside interiors, the inspiration of that was a different hotel. There's like all these hotels that were inspired the end result of the yeah. movie. So it was a nice like amalgamation of different yeah. things. But there, wait, I, I need to find this. Oh, okay. I found it. So the interior look of the hotel in the movie was inspired by a hotel called the on the Awani Hotel. Have you heard of this in your findings? I, I don't. It's a hotel in Yosemite. So. Yeah, it's called the Anwani Hotel in Yosemite. And, and it's the inspiration for the interior design. And it does really look like it. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, and I think each hotel that we mentioned, so the Anwani, the uh, Timberline, and of course the Stanley all play into the shining connection. Like none of them are backing away that this w- has something to do with them. And it's kind of cool. Cause they, they each, you know, they make something fun about it or reference it in some ways. Yeah. The uh, only thing that um, kind of surprised me is that. So Stephen King stayed in room 217 and in the book, it's room 217 that is, you know, a big plot point. But the Timberline asked them to change the room number to room 237 because they didn't have a room 237, but they did have a room 217. And they were actually afraid that people weren't going to want to stay in that room because of all of the creepy stuff that happens in the movie, which, of course, they could not have been more wrong because room 217 at the Stanley is its most popular room. That's where everybody requests to stay. Yeah. People want to be where the action is. I think it, yeah, but there's both, you'll have both. You might have a lot of people who are interested, but maybe not enough. Like it depends on the season. So they didn't want to be worried. And also uh, another story having to do with that room is that in the hotel in the Stanley, the, uh, they filmed Dumb and Dumber there and Jim Carrey stayed in 217. Was it 217? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 217. Wait. I'm messing 217 is real 237 is movie okay yeah and he didn't even stay the whole night because he got freaked out and he hasn't spoken about what happened but something happened he experienced the haunting of this hotel and he left that yeah. room yeah he requested a different room before the night was over yeah so jim carrey if you're listening can you let us know what happened not that That'd be great you'll listen but yeah. And then we should say in uh, the Stephen King didn't love the way that the movie The Shining turned out. So he actually made his own TV minis- miniseries of it in the 90s. And they did film The Shining at the Stanley for that one. Oh, yeah. But have you seen it? I haven't. No, seen it. I haven't seen it. It's not. It's still not as good as like The Shining, the Jack Nicholson movie. Oh, really? 
No, I mean, like, who knows about the miniseries versus the movie? Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's not well, as good. Yeah. I should. Okay. Okay. That that came out wrong. It's not as well known. Yeah. Oh, definitely not as well known. No, because no TV miniseries is going to be what a big, you know, huge movie is going to be. Yeah. But, I mean, um, but they did both... also, uh, they re- they redecorated the Stanley for the miniseries because it didn't, they like wanted it to have a specific look. And at the time, they were about to renovate the hotel anyway. And so they were like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Use your Hollywood money to <laughs> redecorate. Oh, <laughs> so like, a lot of the the like the wood, the faux wood stuff that they have now in a lot of the rooms is is from the redecorating for the miniseries. It, it's not the original way that the hotel looks. So the hotel is in Estes Park, but this uh, area actually has quite a long history. It was this, you know, huge park that was used as um, hunting land and ranch land. And it was, uh, you know, originally, of course, the um, Native American tribes of the Ute and Arapaho were in this area. And then as, you know, settlers started to come it turned into um, a ranch and then the earl of dunraven who was an irish lord visited in 1872 and he would go on hunting parties here and he absolutely loved this uh basically paradise of streams and meadows that had fish and game there's a lot of elk that roams this area but he wanted to make this valley a private hunting reserve for himself and his friends. And so he started uh, actually trying to buy up a lot of the property around the area in kind of a basically kind of an underhanded kind of way because he wanted to own it all himself. Wait, but, but he bought it from the Native Americans? No, no. There were already... Um, so he took some land that uh, bought some land that had already been settled on by ranchers. And then oh. he used the um, uh, the homesteading laws to get other people to buy parcels of land and like homestead on them. But then he uh, so he paid them to do that. And then he bought the land from them for like nothing and so he just like started buying up parcels of land that he had already paid people to buy and so he was like doing some kind of like maybe not technically illegal but like underhanded things to be able to have a monopoly on all of this land um but some other people realized what he was doing and they homesteaded pieces of the land that he had missed and then refused to sell it to him so he didn't end up getting this because, you know, people had already started moving there and we're like, wait, 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 wait. We don't need this Lord like owning the entire valley. Oh, my God. Yeah. So um, but this the Stanley Hotel itself was the baby of this rich guy from uh, I want to say Maine. Was he from Maine or Massachusetts? Well, either way, he was a Yankee. He was a Yankee. <laughs> His name was Freeland Oscar Stanley. He went by F.O. And uh, he and his twin, 
F-E, were, oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, made a fortune for themselves in New England. And then he came out to Colorado at the advice of his doctor because he had tuberculosis. And at the time, like the fresh mountain air was uh, supposed to be, you know, hoped to be a cure or at least would extend your life <laughs> to get out of the pollution of the city. Yeah, they, they did that also with the Borscht Belt. Yeah, I actually th- think it was really funny that, you know, he might have built a hotel in the Catskills if his or the Poconos if his doctor had recommended him to go there instead of Colorado. But because his doctor recommended Colorado, that's where his hotel ended up. Interesting. The Stanley would have been in the Catskills. Yeah, I just think that's so funny since the at the same because this is at the same time that the Catskills was being recommended for tuberculosis yeah, healing. It was this 1903. Was, yeah, 1903. Right. So turn of the century. So um he he lucked out just one season in Colorado was enough to restore his health and he was back to a hundred percent. So he lived there for a while and tried to return as often as he could after he did eventually move away again. Perfect timing because he probably got a good deal. <laughs> yeah, he did. And the area was like growing more and more people were coming because it was beautiful and also because of the air that was supposed to be so good for everybody. So the area really needed a hotel. So he was like their right place, right time. So him and his wife, uh, since they're coming from the East Coast, you know, they came to this small little community in Estes Park and they weren't like very impressed because, you know, there's not much going on compared to their upper class society um, where they're from. So they decided to build a beautiful hotel and which is the Stanley and they opened it up in 1909. Um, one of the ways that F.O. and his brother made their um, money was they actually invented a car that was run by steam. So they were known as the Stanley steamers or the Stanley steam car. And he, um, he not only built these cars, but they also built later on, they built these like bigger, like wagons that would carry people from the train station up to through the mountain passes to the hotel, which was like a two hour journey. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the first guests that came through these steam cars were very impressed because that sounds crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And the hotel opened in 1909, right? Yeah. It opened in 1909. And at this point, like, you know, there's restaurants that are, uh, I mean, hotels that are getting like electricity and indoor plumbing. And so they were on top of that as well. Not just the steam cars and automobiles, but they had electricity, telephones, uh, ensuite bathrooms, and all their staff had uniforms. You know, F.O. actually really reminds me of Richard D. Oily Cart from the Savoy. Because if you listen to our episodes on the Savoy, the, the, the owner was incredibly like ahead of his time and just always trying to get like the newest and the best and the most technologically advanced things that he could to where he even built a power station 
on the site of his hotel to power all of the elect and his theater to power the Savoy theater and the Savoy hotel at a time when almost no place had fully electric lights. And FO was the same way he put, um, you know, full, I think his, this was the first like fully electric hotel in the world. And then he also made sure that the plumbing was, was good. He actually built a water plant to power the electricity not just for the hotel, but also like for the greater Estes Park community. So he was really um, intrinsic to bringing infrastructure to Estes Park in addition to the hotel and inventing these cars with his brother. And his brother also invented something that uh, photographers used uh, called a dry plate that made it where you didn't have to like wait for the wet stuff to set when you were like the uh taking your photos so that's actually how they made their fortune the first time before they even oh, so they were already like kind of yeah inventors. so they were like yeah so they were like inventors trying to always like do the next best thing so it really reminded me of of cart and the savoy yeah. i mean it sounds like they also put this town on the map yeah well yeah of course that's the big difference there is like cart had london to work with like he made a fortune and wanted to do like luxury in the big city whereas stanley had a fortune and wanted to bring luxury to the wild west yeah and i wonder if uh oily ever stayed here because it's around it's it's around the time and you know if his like troop is moving through his theater troupe was traveling all over america and he, he was like so travel. impressed with American hotels. Like, yeah. So he may, it's very possible. Or he probably read about it. I feel mm-hmm. like at this time, you know, they were aware of one another. Um, oh, you know what? This no. guy was inspired by the Savoy. He was dead. He was dead. I, I remember now he had already died by 1909. Damn. I'm pretty sure he had already died or he was did. too, or was too sick to too sick, travel yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if this guy, Stanley, went to the Savoy. Because that would probably. Or read about it. Or read about about it. Yeah. It was at the time. I don't know. Stuff was happening. People were. Because you you would think people who like to come up with new inventions are reading about the latest, you know. Inventions. Yeah. Their invention magazine. (laughs) Well, and there was like, there was a hotel magazine at the time that the Stanley was featured in. So the Savoy could definitely have been featured in there already. And so, yeah, you just never know like what they were keeping track of. Yeah. So the the Stanley opened in 1909, but it really uh, took off with the innovation in 1917. And like many hotels, it was doing well, but then the 1970s came. And the street. <laughs> it um the hotel splendor had faded, uh, a lack of care and investment. Oh my goodness. And- In the 70s, I was reading that it got looted all the really? time. A lot of the original like furniture and stuff is no longer there because it got stolen in the 70s. <laughs> like people would back their truck up to the hotel and like <gasps> grab what they could. FO's wife Flora who was uh who was responsible for decorating the hotel the first time around like everything was her taste her touch she loved music and she had a huge 
uh, grand piano in the music room that she would play. They actually had to hide the piano for a while because they were afraid it was going to get stolen. Oh, my God. The 70s was wild in yeah. Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> even so yeah, even in Colorado like we already know it was wild in the major cities like New York and LA but it was even wild in, in Estes Park Colorado that's crazy that's so sad but I mean it makes sense because yeah the 70s really hit so many places so hard yeah. but it just so happens so the author Stephen King happens to stay there and he stays one night and what that one night was enough to inspire his um work for The Shining. And now it was be- it was because of that that this hotel got revitalized again. Yeah, because The Shining did so well. Um, yeah, both the book the, the book did pretty well, and then the movie really brought you know national attention to it. They also have multiple festivals having to do around with the movie and other things. And that has given new life to the Stanley. And now it's a, still a beautiful hotel. It's really popular. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they still do, but I know uh, that as of at least of a few years ago, there was a channel on the televisions that are in the hotel rooms that if there's a specific channel that plays The Shining on a loop. So you can always be watching the movie if you want to while I love you're staying that. there. <laughs> I love when play, hotels just give into it, you know? Yeah. Like, don't fight it. And more places, more establishments should do that because the, it's popular. People really like it. You'll make a lot of money from it. Um, it give the people what they want. And yeah. That's the, you know, and, I want to watch it. And, and then every Halloween, they have a shining Halloween ball and they yeah. play the movie, like, on one of the walls. They have the movie going. That looks so fun. Do they... Uh, for everyone with blood, flood. <laughs> oh my God. That one, can you imagine the cleanup for that? <laughs> for a huge flood of blood. Um, Elevators no. are about to open. Oh my God. But uh, the, the costumes there are supposed to be pretty spectacular. Like some people go all out. I want to go to, I want to go really badly. Yeah. It, wanna, it looks really fun. I want to see the whole thing. And I, I bet, do you think they do like immersive theater where they have like scenes of the movie happening? Oh, that would be cool. They should do that. That yeah. would be really cool. The Shining, a play. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> There's a couple other um, things happening, having to do specifically with the hotels. And that's some of the festivals that are, have taken, that do continuously take place in Stanley Hotel are the they have ghost and history tours that's not a festival but they just like you know yeah they, they, ha- they actually they have a lot of different types of tours like I feel like they like picked every single kind of niche like you can take a tour just like of the history of the hotel you can take like a specifically like a ghost tour to see all the talk about all the different hauntings and areas and ghosts that are there and you can also take a night ghost tour if you want to like Ooh. amp it up a little bit i'd want to do that one. Oh, yeah 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 and like if you're gonna I mean, go they, go this, all in they're very smart i really love that they do yeah. this um they also so they have a famous festival called frozen dead guy 
for a festival? Yeah, or f- they the festival is the Frozen Dead Guy Days. And then they okay. now have a frozen dead guy tour that you can take if you're not, if you're there at a non-festival time. Okay. Now I'm going to have you explain what that means because I interpreted it very different. <laughs> I thought it had to do with the end of the shining spoiler alert when Jack Nich- Nicholson's character is frozen. In snow. <laughs> and that's what the reference is. It's not. It's not. That's so perfect for that, though, because there is that connection. But no, this actually has nothing to do with the, with the Shining, the book or the movie. This is um, so it started out as a festival, the Frozen Dead Guy Festival in a place called uh, Nederland or Nederland, which is about I think I want to say like an hour away from Estes Park. But it's because this uh old Norwegian man died and his grandson didn't give him a burial. Instead, he froze him because he wanted to see if hopefully in the future if technology progressed that maybe he would be able to be revived in the future. But instead of, you know, have doing like the super fancy cryogenic freezing in like a tube cylinder whatever they do uh he just had him in a shed packed in dry ice yeah um yeah and what's really crazy is that like he wasn't able to continually do that like he was doing it for him his his grandfather for a while but then he actually overstayed his visa and got deported back to Norway and so other people were then carrying up the ice to keep this man frozen <laughs> oh my god so he did not do it disney style he did not do it disney style no he did it wild west style <laughs> i love that yeah that does it sounds it sounds so country it does. just be like oh grandpappy's out back you know we got him on ice get more grass for him i don't know <laughs> like, <I'm> sorry uh, <laughs> it's yeah um is he so still there? no he is not still there so for a while uh he was in Netherlands, but um yeah so every two weeks for over 30 years, people have been like taking turns, I guess, to bring more than a thousand pounds of dry ice up the mountain to keep this man frozen, which the, I guess the loyalty that he must have inspired in people, like people must have really liked this man <laughs> to continue doing that even after his like family member has been deported. So at some point, this Frozen Dead Guy Festival started. Not ex- uh, I'm not sure when, but it entailed like a parade and coffin races and a pol- and a polar bear swim. <laughs> so in this coffin in- races, um, are there people in it? <laughs> in, this, in this article that I read the. Somebody said it's almost like a frozen Burning Man, if that can actually <laughs> be said as an oxymoron. But yeah, they like really made it into an event, but it became so popular 
that the town couldn't handle the crowds anymore. So the owner at the Stanley Hotel moved the festival there. He was like, oh, this this is perfect for us. <laughs> well, that's also because they needed the business, right? Yeah, was, they did need the business. They were, they were yeah. yeah they, the hotel was was struggling. I think they were on the on bankruptcy's doorstep. But I mean, Man, they, they got they got lucky though. They're they're grabbing the right things yeah. at the right time. Yeah, but the actually the the frozen dead guy stayed in Nederland for a minute, but the um the hotel was like. Okay, we 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 gotta like we gotta get the whole package though. Like, what it, you can't have a frozen dead guy festival without a frozen dead guy. So actually, just this past year in August of 2023, with they got the grandson's permission to move him, and so this man was moved by a team, I guess, of cryogenic specialists from like a cryogenic company, uh, was taken to the Stanley's old ice house because they actually hadn't had their ice house from back in the day still standing where they would keep ice before freezers were invented. And they're now using the ice house and have turned it into a museum and keep this, this, um, well, you can't see him. He's like inside like an aluminum thing uh he's a night but now he uh so it says this article says that they removed him from his aluminum casket put him in a sleeping bag and then submerged him in liquid nitrogen so now he's like really like for real cryogenic frozen properly yeah yeah. he's not just dry ice frozen (laughs) wow yeah he's in like uh, one of those cylinders that they keep people frozen in yeah so you can now see him at any, or not, not like see him, but you can see him anytime you want because they have an actual uh, cryogenics museum at the Stanley Hotel. It's called the International Cryogenics Museum. It's the world's only one. And you can explore the history and science of cryonics and uh, look at artifacts, um, like the s- stories of how, cryogenics happens and where they're trying to go in the future and then he is their exhibit <laughs> they should have put a window in and just showed his little face like you know <laughs> yeah maybe they thought that would be a step too far <laughs> really really <laughs> so yeah the stanley hotel has this amazing thing yeah uh, and also the guy's name, the guy who's frozen, his name is Bretto Morstel. Yeah, I wasn't uh, going to try to pronounce it because we are so bad at pronouncing these European names. And I was like, I can't even. I don't because like the O has a slash in it. I don't know what that means. Oh, so yeah. I do not pronounce <laughs> that right, but I tried. But, we but tried, I feel like he as usual. deserves yeah. a shout out. You he know. does. Yeah. Bretto or or Brito. Someone let in the yeah. comments. <laughs> You are, um, you know, pioneering. We're we're not trying to make fun of the dead. We respect all things. Uh, if someone comes at us. Well, yeah, we're not making fun of the dead. I feel like whoever named it the Frozen Dead Guy Festival already beat us to the punch. So now, obviously, there's some lightheartedness right. to this whole situation. I kind of love this man that he, even after his death, he has like a festival after him. 
I, I think they did it in good taste, especially since it was approved by him and his grandson. Yeah, yeah, they've done, they've taken all the right steps. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's not enough, there's also the Horror Film Festival every May that happens in the Stanley. Mm-hmm. And that also sounds like a lot of fun. Well, and what I love is that I did not know this before we were looking into it, but the Stanley Hotel is not just a hotel. It sits on many, many, many acres. And so there's more buildings than just the hotel there. I mean, it's it's very close to the town, but but the property itself also has um, uh, it has the ice house where this new museum is, but it also has um, a manor house. It has condos now that are to the back of the hotel that are a separate building where if you want to stay longer, you can do really? these condos. Yeah, um, they're uh, they have um, I can't remember what. Oh, the ranch house, I think it's called. Like they have multiple places that you can stay in almost all of them. They have the carriage house that used to be where um I think where the steamers were parked, but is now just for storage. So there's all kinds <laughs> of buildings and they're all, you know, they all have their own haunting stories to go along with them. The hotel was originally actually modeled as a bigger version of fo and his wife flora's house they built their house first which is now no longer like part of the hotel grounds like it's owned by a separate family but and is still inhabited and they've kept like a lot of the original stuff that belongs to the stanleys um but yeah but so their house is a miniature version of the hotel because the hotel was was basically styled after their house it does have a, a homey feel to it. You know, I really liked the interiors of, well, not of the real hotel and of the movie hotel. Yeah. Yeah. The interiors of the very- real hotel are, are gorgeous. Like if you look in all of the different rooms, it's, yeah. it's really nice. It's, it's warm and cozy. Like mm-hmm. they did a good job. It really does give like a home. Yeah. They've got fi- big, huge fireplaces in the different rooms. Cause there's the music room, the billiards room where they used to have pool tables. Um, they have the McGregor room that used to be the formal dining room, but now it's used for events and stuff like that. And uh, also what is now the pignon room that used to be the smoking room where women were not allowed. Only gentlemen were allowed in the smoking room. (laughs) Classic. Yeah. So like the the women mostly (laughs) would stay in the music room, which is where they would write their letters and enjoy um, talking talk to each other. Shit about the men. Yeah, talk shit about the men. In yeah. their room. <laughs> yeah. And the women were not allowed to play billiards, but they there was a bench in there for them to sit and watch the gentlemen play. Well, yeah, they're the cheerleaders. <laughs> but actually, I was reading That's that there now there's like a nice plush cushion on that bench, but originally there was no cushion. So it was not even a comfortable bench. Like they were still trying to be like, Ladies, please <laughs> keep your distance. This You're is a mouse area. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. The um wait, does the Stanley have a maze or was that totally made? It in- does now. It did not originally. In the book, it's not a maze, it's hedge animals. 
So the okay. maze was made for the movie, but because it's so popular and everybody kept coming to the hotel and asking, where's the maze? They finally just like within the past, like 10 or 15 years, I think had one, they, they had a contest to have people design it within some parameters that they gave and they picked a winner and had it built. That's crazy. That I mean, is they so definitely smart. had enough room. Oh, and so much land. Have you seen Saltburn yet? No, not yet. You need to watch it. I know. I, need to talk to you. I know. But in the movie, in The Shining, there's the whole maze and it has to, it definitely is a big part of the ending. But in Saltburn, they have a maze and it's a reference to The Shining. So it's sense. still affecting yeah. the film life to this day. Uh, I wouldn't. I can't believe they have a maze that they made because it was so like wanted. Yeah. <laughs> There's a demand. They're like, where the F is the maze? They didn't yeah. come all the way to Colorado with no maze. Exactly. I was there. They're no <laughs> it's not enough to have the most haunted hotel in America. You gotta have a hedge maze. People want what they want. You gotta give what the people want. And the family is very good at doing that. They're like, they, you want, it got really it. Is. You want yeah. things, we got it. You want a maze, we got it. You want a frozen film dead guy, you. we will get one for you. Yeah. You want a film festival, no problem. You want a dead person in your bathtub, we got it. Just <laughs> ask us in advance. <laughs> they're very good. I bet you their customer service is excellent. Oh, I'm we sure it is. Well, yeah, I'm, as we know, hotels go above and beyond anyway, but they are definitely... <laughs> bringing it to a new level (laughs) so a couple things about like the film history too there's a a documentary about the stanley and the shining the secrets of the shining live from the first annual stanley film festival in 2013 oh so maybe that, that they go into detail about that stuff we haven't watched it obviously but we should uh and dumb and dumber was in the stanley the and not like a model of it yeah it was the actual stanley yeah actually it's the manor house that where they do that scene where he like pulls up in the car and then goes up the steps that's the manor house oh okay i just watched it and it's ridiculous yeah i forgot how ridiculous (laughs) that movie is um (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. I see why they chose the Stanley to be their Aspen hotel. Like it, it really is it perfect works. for that. It yeah, it's so gorgeous. And there was a few books that were written up about the Stanley. I mean, there's a lot of books. I don't know how popular they are, but you read one of them. Yeah, I read the history and haunting of the Stanley Hotel by Rebecca F. Pittman, and it definitely goes if you want like serious background on Estes Park itself, and also more of uh, about Lord Dunraven uh, and all of that. It goes way into detail on the background. Uh, more, It goes into detail more on uh, Stanley and all of his uh, inventions and a little bit more on his life and his family, um, his, his twin brother and, and what they did together. And then it also has so many so many dozens and dozens of stories of personal uh anecdotes of the paranormal experiences that guests and employees have had in the hotel like so 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 many that I couldn't I didn't have time to read them all it was it was amazing how much 
I wonder if we, if we go, if we had a, have an experience, I think there's definitely the psychological effect that you, you, you know, you're in a haunted place. Yeah. Oh, you're for sure. Yeah. Feel like, things and definitely. see things. And because you know what? They're so dedicated to this. I think they're not planting things. Like I talked about <laughs> how some hotels and I'm de- I am so suspicious of them. They are, they're giving into this for yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm sure that there are some things that are not real. I really liked the stories where people like, because some stories you could tell people were like freaking themselves out and hiking, hyping themselves up for it. But then the other stories where people were like seemed genuinely taken off guard that something happened. Like there's one story of this guy who was at the Halloween ball and he um, went into the bathroom and he was like already he was like people's costumes were amazing like they put so much work into them he was like but this one guy in particular when I came into the bathroom I was like oh my gosh dude how did you get your face to glow like that and he said the guy just smiled at him and went into a stall and then never came back out and so he like went over and like like opened the stall because it wasn't locked and nobody was in there <gasps> and so he was like um, what the fuck oh my god so it's ones like that where like they weren't looking for a ghost or like trying to scare themselves or expecting it where like, he was just there at a dance party basically where you're not expecting anything weird to happen because there's so much activity already oh my god yeah uh stanley needs to explain that one to me yeah <laughs> Unless you that's just completely fun. made like this up. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I, man, people probably do freak themselves out a lot there. Yeah. And they're, you know, it's just, it's so easy. Yeah. And there's so many stories that now it's, it would be also be easy to already have in your mind. Some of the things, if you've heard of things happening to know what they might be like, um, for example, room, anybody who's requesting to stay in room 217, already is going to have the, if they've read or seen The Shining, they're going to have that in their head. But also there uh, was already ghost stories about 217 when Stephen King stayed there and was inspired. It was already haunted. So yeah. So actually it's supposed to be haunted by the ghost of a maid who was going into that room uh, one night in the early 1900s and there was a rainstorm and all of the power went out because it was an electric hotel. All of the power went out, but they still had a combo electric and gas light fixtures because at the time electricity was still very unpredictable and not always reliable. So they had these electric gas um, fixtures to have the gas as a backup. So she was going room to room lighting the gas lamps. And this one, two room 217 had a gas leak in one of the lamps and nobody knew because they had been using the electricity. There was no reason for the gas to be turned on for a long time. So the gas had just been going and going and going until she got to that room on the second floor. And when she went to light, use her candle to light it, it erupted and Ex- like the the basically that part of the hotel was like blown off oh but my the God. woman she did not die though it blew her through the floor into the dining room the mcgregor room now below and 
like the five newspapers that covered the story all had different different details and would say different things but what everybody like seems to have decided that the consensus is that she was blown through the floor and she broke both of her ankles from landing on a table underneath her and uh but stanley paid for all of her medical bills because he felt so horrible that it happened some of the newspapers say that there were other injuries as well to some of the other employees. Um, but hers, everybody knows for sure that one yeah. happens. So people think that she is the ghost that is haunting room 217 because they say some people will see a black stain come out of the area right underneath where that lamp fixture was. Oh my God. And like, it'll go away and then it'll come back and then it'll go away, which is right where she would have like, been blown through the floor and then they also people will have their stuff unpacked and put away or like put into different parts of the room or if they leave something untidy they'll come back and it will have been tidied even though nobody else has been in the room and so they think it's the maid like trying to keep the room clean (laughs) wait do you think in the movie that woman that was in the bathtub is the maid no, um, Stephen King just uh, thought it would be creepy, like if there, if somebody died in the bathtub. Oh. So that was like yeah. his own invention. That whole thing when that happened, which no one talks about, by the way. Like when you think of The Shining, you don't. No one ever talks about that scene. At least not. No, this, no, no, I've never seen it. anything. It's always just about him. It. Like here's Johnny. Yeah, and, it's always him or the twins or like the or, tricycle going down the yeah. hallways thing or red I rum. Think, like that's it. Yeah, because yeah, I'd never rum. seen the movie until we watched it together. And there were so it, many scenes that I was like, why does nobody talk about this? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think what some of the other uh ghosts in the actual Stanley are. Um, people see both FO Stanley and his wife Flora all the time. Flora likes to be in the music room. Uh, People hear the piano being played all the time. And then they'll like, when the door is closed and then when they pop their head in, nobody's there. Trick. (laughs) Like it, it happens a lot. Apparently. And it's definitely a trick. Both, uh, both customers and supposedly employees hear this. Um, And one time, one of the stories in the book was that a woman, And her husband went to look at the piano and she asked her husband, like, do you think they would care if I played it? And he was like, yes, of course they would care. Like it was the owner's piano and it's super old. Like you're not supposed to touch it. And she's like, fine. And right then, like two key, like something, two keys went dink, dink on the piano that nobody had touched. And one of the employees heard and came over and said, hey, hands off the piano. You're not allowed to touch it. And she was like, we're not playing it. It just happened. And the employee was like, yeah, okay. And then walked away and then it went dink, dink again. (laughs) And the lady was like, it was not us. We are not playing this piano. So. But we already know that that there's a trick to doing that. Yeah. So it's it's one of those. It could could be or it could just be a fun little prank that they play. Um, There's a lot of photos in the book that I love that people gave to the author to use where like their camera has caught spectral stuff, spectral images and stuff. That's fun. And there's one of a lady sitting at the piano. Like you can see kind of the outline of a woman sitting there and then of a little girl standing beside the piano listening. Um, That one was really cool there's a lot of creepy pictures in there 
Mr. Stanley likes to frequent the billiard room and the pinion room, since that's where he spent a lot of his time with the other gentlemen. And then actually some people see Lord Dunraven there, even though he even though he never was at the hotel itself, like he was in the area all the time. And um Stanley bought the property that he put the hotel on from Lord Dunraven. So people see him on the fourth floor a lot. And pe- like women claim like to get pinched a lot if they're up there. What? Yeah. <laughs> and it's... then um, on the fourth floor also was where the like the servants and the nannies and the children would stay during the early 1900s when people didn't take care of their own children. <laughs> So people hear children playing up there all the time. There's a couch that's in the hallway that people will leave candy on and it always disappears. And people will like leave their like put their camera there to record and they can't ever see like somebody come and take it. It's just like gone all of a sudden. Wow. So that's pretty fun. And they'll like hear, you know, children's laughter and, and such. There's there's just that's a ton. Creep. That's the creepiest for me. I was listening to the Haunted Places podcast, and they said that some people claim that there's a demon in the carriage house. One thing that is really creepy about that place is that's where they keep, they store the mattresses that if people die in the hotel, that's where they put the mattress that they died on. They keep them? I guess... I guess. Why so. are they not burning them? Like <laughs> or like people. taking them to the, maybe that's probably where they like store them until they're going to take like a trip out to the dump or something like that. Because otherwise they'd probably have way too many mattresses in there. Like and that's where the demon it. lives? Yeah. The, supposedly there's a demon in there. <sighs> yeah. He's probably <laughs> or something. A demon or like something mess? dark. It's supposed to feel like, like a darker entity. That sounds gross. Honestly. <laughs> I come into the shed where we leave these disgusting mattresses. <laughs> Do they have like blood and guts? No, on no, it? no. But it's just that a person died on them, so nobody else is going to want to sleep on that just mattress. Urine, so, so they have to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's still gross. A demon definitely lives there. Yeah. So if you want more um, ghost stories, there are hundreds for this hotel. Definitely, you could pick up this book, or I'm sure there are many online. Or that haunted places podcast. They do like a a combo um like documentary style telling you about the stories and the history plus a dramatization of something that could happen so it's kind of a fun like ooh creepy little story and then some real facts and history oh we'll share well we should share that yeah thank you for listening to this episode about the stanley hotel we hope that we satisfied your hauntings and curiosities about it and hopefully maybe even learn something you'd never heard before probably about the frozen dead guy (laughs) and if you have any ghost stories at hotels please send them our way i love every last one real or not i don't care make it up thanks for listening to hotel history you can follow us on most social media platforms patreon and substack by searching for hotel history or Hotel History Podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can reach more listeners.